Hi there, my name's Matt Murdick, and if you're into music the same way that I am, all different kinds of styles and all different kinds of genres, and you've ever been curious about what makes music tick or what in music makes people tick, the process of music, then I invite you to join me at Matt's Musical Concepts. It's a podcast about the process of music. We analyze a little bit, we talk to artists about how they create their music. So join me at musicalconceptspodcast.com and also on the Rogue 2 Network. That's roguetwo.com. Stand by for action. everyone, welcome to an apotheosis of a bombast 101. That's right, episode 101. I am Elton Mamas, and joining me as always is Mr. Scott Copperman. He's an American. Yes, I'm one of those Americans. Hello, Mr. American. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm entitled and unconcerned with what happens in the other parts of the world, just like the rest of my fellow countrymen. Good. Just keep that little bubble around you. You'll be fine. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Just so long as I, I get uh, the things I need, that's all that matters. Excellent. Um, right, for the listeners, uh, hopefully we'll be hitting a uh, 101 show. Uh, what that the hell means is, uh, over in England, I think there's a program called Room 101, where you get to banish lots of toot and tat that really annoys you. So, fingers crossed we'll be able to do that later on. Uh, got some little bits of news, and a little quiz for Mr. Scott, I suppose. Uh, but first, how you doing? What's going on? Anything new in Mr. Scotland? Uh, no, nothing of of newsworthiness. You know, obviously we've had some hit and miss recording opportunities, some technical difficulties, some schedule conflicts, and the holidays. So, really, since... I guess since uh, 99 was put together, uh, mm. it's been a, a fairly long stretch. Not to say nothing's happened, but it's like so many things. Oh, that's I should mention that to Elton when I see him. And yeah. you know, a week goes by and it's, uh, you know, now it seems seems kind of iffy. <laughs> yeah, it, it does kind of happen, especially when we've got um, you know, a couple of days to edit as well. And then by the time that's out, then you've got to think, hmm, is that really relevant? I don't know. Well, that that's something that actually I had been talking with my son about because he has um, certain friends that he's had over the years, but they're not in the same classes with him, so he sees them a lot less frequently now. And when he gets back together with someone after a month or three weeks or sometimes longer, you know, he, he's still learning. <laughs> like, you know, Jay, they don't remember that conversation you were in the middle of back mm. in uh, you know November. You probably have to just let that go. <laughs> but he's got that youthful kind of, oh, there was one more thing I wanted to tell him, and it's been on on the tip of my tongue for eight weeks, and fudge, what? 
Fudge, fudge, that's what we were talking about. Uh, nobody remembers anymore. No, so. no. That boat has sailed. Yes. Yeah. One thing that did happen a couple of days ago, um, probably about a week or so ago now by the time this comes out, was, uh, were you a fan of the monkeys at all? Yes, yes I was. Yeah, oh, poor old Davy Jones passed away. Yes. Now, was he your favourite monkey? Um, as monkeys go, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of liked them all, really. I, I remember watching the TV show on, obviously, the TV box in the corner of my room when I was younger. I think it was on Channel 4 over here, but it was on mornings. I think it was during the school holidays as well, but mm-hmm. I used to enjoy watching that. It's, I don't know if it's on Netflix or if it's on demand here or, or on some random channel, but I have actually shown it to my kids, and they liked it. It was, you know, slapstick and... They kind of like the music and all, but uh, mm. I, Davy Jones was probably my second favorite monkey. Mike, is it Mike Nesmith? Nesmith? Is it the one with the, the with the little ski hat all the time? Oh, that's the bassist, isn't it? Or is that? Yeah, I well, there's Mickey, Mickey Dolenz, Michael yeah, Nesmith, he's... Peter Tork, and Davy Jones. So Mike Nesmith is my favorite. Uh, although I watch the videos now, and he's kind of kind of obnoxious, but uh, <laughs> you know I liked him best growing up. And Davy Jones was second. Peter Tork was the third. He's the goofy blonde one. And Mickey Dolan's, I just I don't like him at all. I still don't like is, him. Is he the drummer? He is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's I, I guess in a way he's he's kind of the star. Like it always struck me. As he was the one who started the band, but Davy was the star, and he was always trying to like reclaim that that spotlight. And uh, I don't know, he sings the lead vocals on a lot of the songs, and I don't know, I just never really. Yeah, he, never cared he does for a, him. he does a lot of singing. Uh, he I think he sings more than Davy Jones. He might. I think he does, but to be honest, I. I'd love to know the ins and outs, but I'm also very cautious of jumping on a bandwagon when obviously one member has died now, and then you think, oh, I might dive into that, and you look at iTunes, and they've bumped up their prices. Now, it's not that I don't know any of their songs. I, I know probably the the pop songs that came out uh, years and years ago. I've probably heard a handful of them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know any back catalogs or live albums or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, you know, I guess there's a, a couple songs that stand out, but there's yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to say I. I had an album collection, or or I couldn't even tell you if they made more than one album. I guess they have. You're just scanning like the history of the monkeys. It's um, the, the four of them originally, then the blonde kind of bought his way out of the contract whether it's he was exhausted or, or didn't really care for being part of the band anymore mm-hmm. but uh, you know he left then Mike Desmith left formed his own group and then uh, Mickey Dolan's Davy Jones and two other guys tried to keep it going for a while and they fell apart I guess probably right before you were born like in the you know 70s was kind of the end of it yeah and I do remember them having a concert tour sometime fairly recently. You know, one of those reunions where you know they go and they sing all their classics and 
All all the people love them as children are grown ups now, so they go and and pay for it. Yeah, I always feel sad for a band when a member dies, and let's say three or four years pass, and then the other members are still touring as that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's go with uh, Queen. It 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 was never going to be Queen after Freddie Mercury left. Yeah, and yet they still. I don't know if John Deacon carried on or not. I think it was just Brian Ray and uh, Roger Roger Taylor, I think it is, mm-hmm. on drums. I think they just carried on a little bit. But it's okay if you need the lead singer, definitely, and possibly the, the man who writes the songs, i.e. The Who. And and so you still got uh, Pete Townsend knocking around. Obviously, uh, Mr. Moon had passed away a little while uh Years and years ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. God no, it, it was way before I was born. And um, Entwistle, I think his name was Entwistle. I'm really struggling for names at the moment. But the the bassist out of the Who, he he died a couple of years ago. God, it must be about ten years ago now. So you think you think you need to have the lead singer and the same style of music? Yeah, I think so. But now, if to someone ca- to carry on the band, yeah, definitely. Well, like Peter Gabriel left Genesis and made completely different style of music. Yeah. But Phil Collins Ooh. kinda that's the same style of music as Genesis, so should he be calling his I, I maybe it's he can have a solo career and the band hasn't formally they don't continue without him so much. I'm trying to think of a band that would kinda lost someone and said, Fine, we'll go on without you. Well Peter Gabriel didn't die though, did he? No. That's the thing. And with Queen, they tried... Not that they tried to replace Freddie Mercury. They yeah. um, they brought other people in just to help on uh, big gigs and stuff like that. When they had their big concerts. And yeah. it... Okay, yeah. Nice gesture. It works for one. Please don't do any more. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think that... Now uh, Queen is touring with Adam Lambert. I don't know if you know who he was. He was kind of the eccentric runner-up during one of the seasons of American Idol. Oh, God. Kind of really? Flamboyant, and I guess in some ways they feel like, well, he's sort of Freddie Mercury-ish. But yeah, he's uh, touring with them now. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite bands as well, Blind Melon, They their lead singer passed away. And they... Obviously, the band broke up for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. they got it back together, got a new singer who sounds exactly like Shannon Hoon. And it sounds great, but it's just not the original lineup. Well, I, it, for me, it goes back to the same thing as I always say about the reboots and stuff like that. It, if you're using the name just to capitalize on the name, it, I don't know. I, I don't care for that. I'd rather... I'd rather you make a new band and everyone know that's what it is. Like, isn't uh, the band Yes that had a, a bunch of iterations that were almost the same? Like, GTR, mm. and I think Asia had uh, a couple of Andrew Buford, Wakeman, and Howe was like a another combination. Like, out of six people, whatever combination they made, it had a different name each time. Yeah. And, and the music sounded similar, um, but they didn't... They didn't just call each of those iterations the same same band. Yeah, there 
there was a, a band, there still is a band over here. Uh, you may have heard them. Oh, what are they called? Uh, they're called the Sugar Babes. Ever heard of the Sugar Babes? No. Right, okay, you got three girls who started this band. Uh, after a couple of years, after one year or one album, one of the girls left. Then I think they had one or two albums and another girl left. And then finally, the third girl left. And then the three original members got back together. And now they're fight, or they were fighting a court case to try and get the name Sugar Babes back. Because the new members carried on using the name Sugar Babes. Mm-hmm. So who has the right over that? And the, who has the right over the material? The original people? Or the new people? I would think it's it's the production company. Oh, yeah, they'd have the final Yeah, I mean, like, to I them, think. it's like, almost the cliche of, like, you know, you're all replaceable parts. Mm. Like, is it the band Menudo that once you got too old, they would kick you out? I don't God know if that was true, but it was one of those uh, boy bands, like, 12 to 15-year-olds, and then they always used to say around here that... Um, you know, once someone got to be 16, they were kicked out of the band <laughs> and replaced. But it may just be that they decided they had had enough and wanted to leave. <laughs> Blimey. Okay, right. Can I move on to a, a very small quiz, sure. if you don't mind? Right. Uh, I'm going to send you a link. Okay, open it. And or no? this... Yeah, yeah, go for it. Open it. Now, this is the urinal game. The object of the game is to dis- distinguish which urinal you should be using when you walk into a men's lavatory. You're calling it a urinal. I would call it a urinal. That's interesting. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my pompous Britishness no, coming it's through. Funny. If I didn't Sorry, see what you were talking about, I would not know what it was. What's a urinal? I don't know. I know. A urinal. <laughs> How well you um, understand men's bathroom etiquette? That's right. Yeah. So what what we have there, we have uh, we have to click on a an open door, and what we are presented with us, uh, six urinals or urinals, <laughs> and we have to click on the. I'm going to say urinal. I'm not going to bother saying both. Now I know what it is. That's fine. <laughs> you have to click on the correct urinal to use. So you walk into a men's room. There's one chap using one of the toilets there. So what one would you go for? Okay. Now, should I do what I would normally do? Because it'll almost always be the one farthest from everyone else. Yep, click on that one and see what comes up. All right, I think I'm going to try to judge it situation by situation. So, should I go ahead? Yep, go for it, mate. All right. Click on the door to enter. All right, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six urinals. Yep. And there's a man far to the left. I would probably go to the fourth, so I'd be two away from him. Okay. Wrong. The maximum buffer zone, oh. so I should have gone far to the right. You should have gone to the furthest one. Yes. Okay. Ooh, now we have uh, problem two. As we go six across, we have empty, empty, occupied, empty, occupied, empty. What one do you go for? I would go far left, all the way in the end. Correct. Good man. Don't forget to keep your eyes on the wall in front of you. <laughs> All right, now we have uh, problem three. This is going across. Occupied, empty, occupied, empty, occupied, empty. And a door 
I would go to the one next to the door. So it'd be next to someone, but not in between two people. Correct. Good man. Well done. It does acknowledge this is a really awkward situation. (laughs) Just get out as fast (laughs) as you can, it says. (laughs) All right. Ooh, this is interesting. Problem four. We have empty, empty, two together, empty, empty. So I think I'll again go to the one next to the door, which will put me farthest from people and uh, closest to the door. (gasps) Incorrect. Incorrect, sir. While it affords me the same amount of buffer space between myself and my buddies, it doesn't shield me from people coming in the door. Therefore, I should go as far away from the door as possible. Makes sense. I don't know. I tend to... I'll position my body for a little bit of shield. You know, I'll angle to the left a little bit or right if necessary to get that maximum privacy. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone does, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, no. I'm not sure how to interpret this. Here we have... Problem five. Problem five. We have empty, very large man whose shoulders are definitely encroaching into your personal space. Empty, empty, occupied, occupied door. I I would uh, I'd probably take that third spot next to the two occupied people. So I would let it be empty, broad-shouldered, empty. Give him his space. Yep. Then I'll take the next spot. Oh, that's correct. Woohoo! Don't mess with the big guy. Well, I I think what you're doing there, you're not pairing up with the other guy. Yeah. If you pair up with the big guy, then it means, oh, hang on, I'd rather be with him than the other two chaps. Part of the crowd. <laughs> All right. Now, this one is similar to the other. It's the every other. So, occupy, uh, free, occupied, free, occupied, free, occupied. The door. The difference this time is the space next to the door is not available. Mm. Uh, so, I come in, I stand. It's kind of lose-lose everywhere. I'm going to guess all the way in, farthest from the door. Wrong. Walk out the door, wait a while, come back in. Well, if that's not an option, if you got to go... If you've got to go, go, and especially (laughs) if you're in a bar and you bust in for one. Yeah. But it's nice that you know know your your urinal etiquette. Yeah, generally. You'll be safe next time you go. I think I, and I, I do consider this option of like, yeah, you know what, I'll come back in a bit. Mm. Like if it, sometimes it's just got the wrong vibe. You just don't want to be there. If you can wait <laughs> sometimes. Well, you know, sometimes you go in and it's, it's chaos or, you know, you just, just, yeah, that one's free down there, but that's all a mess. I'll come back later. I'm not going to mm. mess with that one. But that sort of situation goes right out the window when you go to a football stadium or anyone like or a gig or anywhere like that. Do they have like uh, the big trough? The great yeah. big, you know, 50 feet wide bucket? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely humongous. Yeah. And you have people basically queuing up and looking for any free space. It's kind of like cattle. Mm-hmm. And people start bleating around and, you know, as soon as there's space, people dart into the space. It doesn't <laughs> matter if you're rubbing up against people or not. Not that way. Just shoulders and stuff, but it it doesn't really matter what's happening. You need to remove that liquid from your body, and you're gonna do it 
in the smallest space possible. Yep, I agree. Well, I'm glad to know I... I'll learn from my mistakes, definitely. <laughs> I'll make sure I don't uh, encroach on people's private space. Well, congratulations, sir. Thank you. How'd you do when you took it? I think I I failed on two. Hmm. The last one, obviously, is just a dirty little trick. Uh, maybe I didn't go all the way through correct. I think I went next to the big butch guy, <laughs> which was my downfall. Well, I, I wasn't well, sure whether to interpret it that way, but it seemed to be... Like, the guy is clearly different than uh, the others, so... Mm. Well, that was cool. While we were busy, too, um, the Star Wars Uncut video had finally come out. Did you get to watch any of that? Uh, no, I'm not interested in anything it's... that's Star Wars now. <laughs> well, it's interesting what they had done. They, I don't know if you remember, they, they had people film just random scenes. You could submit any scene you wanted, and they put it together, and uh, like a shot-by-shot retelling of Star Wars. Some oh, people yeah, did this little... is the, the home-edited one, yes. isn't it? Right, okay. So some are like little kids playing with toys, some are computer-animated scenes, some are totally professional. The story's not changed at all, it's just the way it's it's told. Are there any Lego in there? Uh, yes, there's there's all the things are in there. Good. But it is it is out, um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I've watched probably a total of about 18 minutes in small doses. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't sit through the whole thing. No. And some of it is, you're like, really? I mean, that's that's what you put in? That's what you sent in? But God, so how, what, what's the time limit on the clips then for people to have on that? Uh, 15 seconds. Oh, so that's bearable, so it's changing enough. It's whatever, yeah, it's whatever creative medium you wanted to use. And then uh, the final version is two hours and four minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because, you know, the, the pauses between the dialogue and, and some of the special effects scenes are different. That's not too bad then. Because the original was uh, two hours. Bang on, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. It is on YouTube. We'll put the, the link in the show notes. And uh, I, you know, YouTube confuses me. Sometimes they have no more than 10 minutes and sometimes you can put like whole massive things up there they changed their um i think you you become a producer and then you can put more than 10 minutes so it used to be just you're isolated to 10 minutes and that's that's it and then i think if you if you fill out one of their forms and become a producer then you get as much time as you want and you can upload whatever you want however long you want because mm-hmm. now you're starting to get full f- movies on there now well that's cool it's it's interesting it's uh there are some clips that are literally like two seconds long but uh I don't know it's worth just getting a glimpse of it mm. okay mm. yeah there was one other thing that I've been kind of had on my mind and it it actually goes back to the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Did you see that movie at all? Oh, with God, the kids? Yeah, you did. What one did I see? I think I was made to go and see number two. All right, well, in the, the uh, cinema. 
It's the, we've actually got number one on DVD. Well, number three, has it been released out there? Oh, there's a third one, is there? Yeah, Chipwrecked. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I'm sent you the trailer for it. It's only 30 seconds. Can you uh, play it and run the audio through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll murder you after this as well, by the way. Uh, no, well, I mean, it's this came out in June, and it's since June I've been kind of stewing about a certain element of this, and yeah, I'll be interested to see what your take on it is. Okay, right, I'll put it through now. All right. Alright, so it, it, not much to it, but it's it's clearly the Titanic. You know, and yes. This is June, around June 16th, June 20th, June 30th. I forget what movie I was at when I saw the trailer for this. Oh, so it's for last Christmas, is that right? Yes. Right, okay. But, you know, at that point, neither of my kids had ever seen the movie Titanic. Uh, my daughter has seen it since. But, um, I don't know, like, I would have never thought Titanic was required, um, background information that you pass on to your kids. Like, there's, there's certain things that I think kids should know about. Um, they should be familiar with Star Wars a little bit, you know, because... Because they're cultural things that are referenced so often in current pop culture things. Yeah. Um, but then it got me thinking about, like, well, what exactly would be some of the things that are there? Because I think of, like, commercials that I heard growing up, and I, I catch my wife every once in a while. Um, you know, my uh, daughter will say something, like, she'll be like, uh, oh, there's a green giant, and she go, ho, 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 green giant, from, like, the old commercials, and my yeah. daughter has no idea what that is. Or, uh, this, for example, my kids did not pick up on that at all, and it just threw me. I would have never, ever thought that Titanic was something I had to familiarize my kids with. But like Tron, I would have never thought I had to familiarize my kids with um, the movie Tron, if not for the sequel, but I might have tried to familiarize my son, since he's kind of techy and, and into gaming, with that whole idea of light cycles and greetings program and just little catchphrases. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll be back. Okay. Your kids probably aren't going to see Schwarzenegger movies anytime soon. Do they have to kind of have a sense of what that phrase is? I suppose not. No. It it will definitely be a couple of years before they see anything like Terminator. But uh, do you know what I mean? Though there's there are things that are are referenced in the way that um, when we were in school, th there was supposed to be a parallel to like Moby Dick, or was supposed to be a parallel to the Three Musketeers. Well, yeah. there's a there's a great example. Think of how many cartoons you saw that were. Robin Hood or Three Musketeers type things and even though you probably never 
had that formal story, you you knew enough of it to kind of, oh yeah, that's supposed to be the Three Musketeers. And, yeah. Maybe, maybe you did. Maybe you were exposed to it differently than I was. But uh, I I don't know. It's it's thrown me, and I I don't know. I wonder what sort of things am I responsible for imparting to my kids, and and who's deciding what pieces of culture are going to to last? Like, um, I've seen things that are clearly takeoffs of the Michael Jackson Thriller video. Yes, definitely. Now, I haven't seen Michael Jackson Thriller in a long, long time. My kids, aside from the occasional during Halloween uh, broadcast, haven't even heard the song. And yet, they'll watch The Simpsons or something else, and there'll be something where it's clearly in the little red members-only jacket, and or, or like a, a group of zombies dancing, and it's supposed to draw that connection, and I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss. Wouldn't the uh, Titanic link in that clip just be for the parents just to go oh oh what's this because it's got the music in the background as well isn't it it's got alvin standing on on the railings at the front of the boats and why why am i talking about this (laughs) (laughs) but it's still it's appealing to the well not even appealing to the adults but it's just ringing little alarm bells and the kids might remember i'm the king of the world because it might have been on in the background once yeah, I and I'm. It's not so much that I'm bothered that they chose to reinforce that. It's more just I had never thought of it. And and I look around and I I see different things. Um, I remember in Jurassic Park when uh, the glass of water shakes and you see the ripples and yeah. you know something big is coming. So you know that that's the same kind. Of, I've seen that in different films and all. I can remember in the movie Airplane at the. Airplane it might have been airplane too. At the beginning of of the movie, though, there's the airplane going through the clouds, and the tail looks like a shark fin, and they play the music mm. from Jaws. And the music from Jaws, that little dun 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 dun, that's for the longest time. That's that's just meant to imply, you know, attention. My kids are not seeing Jaws anytime in the next ten years if I can avoid it. I'll never get them in the water again. Yeah, but. There's, there's a cultural significance to that. That uh, I, I don't know. It's. I wonder what types of things. What what is the required reading, to be uh, a pop culturally aware. Teenager these days. Uh, I, I don't. I'm you not too I mean? sure. I'm not sure oh. I'm getting it across, but. What what do you have to know? What do you have to be familiar with to not be... To be able to get all the jokes? Oh, well, then you just have to go back on absolutely everything. But sometimes I feel we don't realise the impact of some movies, mm-hmm. i.e. like Titanic. It's still a huge movie. Still a huge, huge movie. Even Even though if you watch it and you might think it's a load of old guff, it's still one of them movies that you have to see. It's still going to be in the, the top 100 movies that, even though it is a bit boring, or it is a little bit slow in the first hour, or, it, you know, everyone knows the ending, It you still have to see it at least once. Only because it, it costs so much to make, it made so much money, it won so many Oscars, and it's always going to be there. 
Yeah, I guess. I guess if I look, I can kind of see who's dictating it, too. I mean, um, Seth MacFarlane with his... Not Seth MacFarlane. Um, <laughs> but the, the guys who do uh, Family Guy and Robot Chicken and and Simpsons, like the things they choose to spoof, they give it a, a permanence. I know they, they draw a lot on Star Trek and Star Wars and, and those kind of things, so to appreciate that, you, you want to know that type of thing. I mean, over the years, I guess there were a lot of, we were talking about catchphrases and stuff, like, uh, you know, phone home from E.T. Mm-hmm. For, for like six years, it was like, oh my God, or um, the different things from Jim Carrey movies, the Somebody Stop Me, or uh, all the different um, Ace Ventura things, the alrighty then, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, it fades, I guess, but... I don't know, that sort of stuff, it sticks with you forever. You know, even think of uh, Jerry Maguire and Show Me the Money. Mm-hmm. That is always going to be around. Always. But if you don't know the movie, if you don't know what it's a reference to, it kind of loses something. And so I wonder, like, is that a movie that you should let your son watch at some point just to... So he but, gets it? <laughs> but but it, it could possibly be down to the... Um, the film on which it occurs and their representation between that movie. In other words, are they from the same uh, Warner Brothers or are they from the same uh, TriStar or whatever whatever they have nowadays where where the actual film is produced? Mm-hmm. Does it come under the same umbrella? And it could be the people who, who produced uh, Titanic are also producing Alvin and the Chipmunks. And the, so they think, well, if I stick this in the trailer for this, then maybe someone might go, oh, do you know what? I want to find out about that movie. And so go back in their back catalogue and buy that movie, and then they've they've made another 12 bucks. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they hear a song, and they're like, oh, I like that song. Where's that from? Yeah. But like this promotion The scenes in uh, Planet of the Apes. You know, like, whether it's the scene of the Statue of Liberty sticking halfway out of the ground, or, um, you know, you damn, get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape, or, like, there's just so many little, little things that I've seen over and over again, and maybe it's because of the types of things I watch, you know, whether mm. that is Futurama, or, or, um, you know, very science fiction kinds of things, but it's, it's definitely made an impact on me, because I we've talked before, I do remember being that kid in school who argued with my English teacher, like, yeah, maybe, you know, his last name is Ahab just because the author liked the name Ahab. It's not supposed to make you think of Moby Dick. No, that's right. And now I see uh, all these current things where people are clearly drawing on, oh, yeah, that's supposed to be Avatar. Oh, that's supposed to be The Matrix. Oh, that's supposed to be um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. (laughs) Whatever it would be. See, would... James Cameron or his movie studio get any money for that parody? I don't know. They could be possibly selling the rights of the parody over so they can actually use it. But then again, under parody law, you're really allowed to do anything, really, aren't you? Yeah, I think it was part of the parody is you get to almost steal the idea outright. Mm. Well, I get... I mean, what it came back to for me and, and what I was just left with trying to, to figure out on my own is I mean clearly they're they're doing these things for different reasons and um, 
some, like you said, to generate an interest in a past commodity, and sometimes it's because it enhances the story, and sometimes it's just for parody. But I've just I've keep wondering to myself, like, what sort of things should I try to expose my kids to so that they can best appreciate, you know, these things? Just like how um, you're in school, you're made to, made to read Romeo and Juliet and all these things because they are themes and 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 elements that are frequently referenced, so you can appreciate the future stuff and see it all like being redone in a new context and all. I think the problem is a lot of good movies came out in the 80s. A lot of them. And, you know, we've been deluged with them. You know, the 90s went a little bit quiet, I suppose. You had the odd big, big blockbuster, i.e. Titanic. Mm -hmm. And then it's just literally uh, number two of that franchise, number three of that franchise, number four of that franchise. And so it's, it's the same franchises, just reproduced again and again and again mm-hmm. and we're kind of waiting for the the whole well the new stories to come along and maybe our kids generations will be open to that maybe hopefully there'll be people sat down who are at school now maybe 15 16 they're watching you know die hard 4 they're watching star trek 12 they're watching you know, one of the the six Star Wars movies they're watching, number four of Triple X or whatever it is, and they're going crying out loud. This is the same story, just rehashed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's try and do something totally new. And so, in maybe ten years' time, five years' time, hopefully they'll be putting out the brand new stuff, and then we'll have a a whole new, uh, I don't know, generation of movies, mm. or hopefully anyway. It makes makes sense. Speaking of, of Star Wars, just as a segue of sorts, have you seen what they're doing now in the Clone Wars cartoons? No, I haven't seen any of it at all. I've I I have not watched the cartoons, but I have seen bits of news, and they're bringing Darth Maul back from the dead, giving him oh. a prosthetic lower body, oh, you know, kind no. of as a as a precursor <laughs> to Darth Vader. I think his brother is a character in the story in some way, but uh, I have seen footage of Darth Maul with like a droid lower half. Has he got spider legs? Mm, or is he in, in in that mobility scooter we spoke about? <laughs> no, I think it's more 100. like a athletic pair of uh, robot legs, kind of like General Gravis, kind of. Sponsored by Nike. Yes. <laughs> Did you see that? I, I don't have the link handy, but um, Nike is now selling like special shoes for their prosthetic feet to get you extra traction if you're a prosthetic limb athlete. Really? So they'll like, slip on covers to give you rubberized soles and stuff. Are they used to go on the blades? Yes. So like, I guess they make, they make the blades and then they make those several hundred thousand dollar high-end ones that are you know, make you truly bionic, but for the person yeah. who has the moderately priced, you, you can get these, like, basically they're shoes for that, that that enhance the athletic ability of, of really? those prosthetics. prosthetics, yes. No, I hadn't heard of them at all. To you don't want anything too grippy, otherwise you'd end up going around in circles if you got one leg missing, I suppose. 
I only had one and it couldn't keep up. Yeah, you could run into that sort of uh, predicament, I suppose. <laughs> I can't remember where I said. I'll take a quick look, and if I can find it, we'll throw the link up on something. Uh, you had some stories, you said? Yeah, but while you're looking for the, the link for us, um, I'm going to throw you a very, very quick story. Uh, we have a pol- police say that a man tried to steal woman's dentures. Now, this is a very, very short story. Uh, in Newcastle, I think it's your Newcastle, not my Newcastle. <laughs> uh, Newcastle put the name of John R. Dickens Dickin onto a list of those who don't watch Sunday night Super Bowl broadcasts. The 51-year-old Newcastle man was arrested outside the home of a female acquaintance early Sunday evening, accused, among other things, of trying to make off with the woman's dentures. Why would you go for someone's That's what I was waiting for, the the why. (laughs) But no reason. No, I... I don't like dealing with my child's... You know, when they've eaten something and it's round their mouth. And I I have to deal with it because I'm their dad. But it's nothing that I really actually want to be doing. So why would you stick your hand in someone else's mouth and try and rip out their teeth? It's disgusting. Yeah, it's a little bit odd. It doesn't explain why the man was trying to do it. It doesn't explain any story about it. Just a, a mugshot of this guy looking a little bit sad because he's been caught trying to miss <laughs> a, a set of teeth. Although, funny enough, um, about a week ago, I was in the lift. I was at work, normal boring stuff, in a hospital, and... It was in one of these lifts where it, it goes 10 floors and it just so happens to stop on every single floor up and every single floor down. Mm-hmm. And I was going all the way up and it kept stopping. And some guy got in and he started playing with his teeth, but not in his hands or anything like that. But that rattly sort of noise where they're, they're playing around, kind of trying to suck out stuff in between his teeth. Yeah. Yeah. and uh. it's, it's a very distinctive noise of the... Um, the plate bouncing around inside his mouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> disgusting. And then, it, it wasn't using his fingers, but he, he popped it out of his mouth, dangled it, kind of, and then sucked it. And you think, oh, could you not do that in a lift, please? And there's all these other people standing around just looking at him going, that's gross. It's one of the most vile things you can put up with. Ugh. Yeah, I, there's certain certain things like I know people will steal a gold tooth or filling. Sometimes I've heard heard of that happening. Or mm-hmm. um, I suppose someone might steal a glass eye or something if it was had some sort of street value. I don't know, but dentures just seem like uh, I, they're not going to fit right. Well, with with yeah, with dentures and glass eyes, they're made to measure, aren't they? I would think. Well, a glass eye, I can picture having some sort of element in it that's, like, you don't want it for the eye, you want it for the crystal that's in it or something. I don't Maybe know. Maybe not. I, I don't know. The platinum. What? You melt it down for the platinum. <laughs> uh, okay. And in um, other news, I'll just send you this. I th- I put it on the uh, the Facebook page. All right. I did send a link with the prosthetic shoe. 
we can uh, throw that in the show notes as well. Oh, okay. Let me let me take a look at that prosthetic shoe first. The Nike sole shoe for prosthetic legs. I guess it's not so much a slip-on as I thought. Is it? It's an attachment. You can just, like Swiss Army knife your leg and yeah, I'll swap out one piece looks, for the other. Looks quite cool. Yeah. I, you know, if if you were in that sort of situation and and you, I'm sure there's lots of people who uh, aren't really active, but you hear about so many who are were an athlete, triathlete, or since they've been injured, they've become real athletic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it makes sense. You think back to like the '70s and those giant um, mannequin legs, basically that people had. Yeah. Like what's what's the movie with uh, about bowling? Um, Kingpin. Yes, with the giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in, in an exaggerated way. That's that's probably what it is, feels like for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're getting kind of cool now, aren't they? And mm. not. Yeah, they're they're just cool, and it's nice that Nike haven't branded it, you know, with a big tick swoosh. I'm sure there's one on there somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah it's I on there it. twice. Yeah. Very yeah. small though. But yeah, it's nice that they haven't totally branded it out. Okay, right. Moving on to my last little thing. Yeah. Um, did I send you that link? I'm not too sure if I did. Yeah, I uh, did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Um, I found this mooching around the internet. Outrageous adverts from the past that would never be allowed in the present. And it's just a collection. A lot of double of, entendres, basically. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's um. Well, smoking, you, you don't see adverts for smoking anyway, do you? Right. But there, there's a po- poster of a man blowing smoke into a lady's face, and the tagline is, blow in her face and she'll follow you anywhere. <laughs> I like uh, the one, uh, how soon is too soon to start your child on Coke? Coca-Cola. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, and it's a picture of a baby as well. Yeah. Crying out loud. Isn't there one... Right, yeah, there's there's one for Hoover. And there's a picture of a a nice big red Hoover and a lady laying on the floor, caressing it and going, Wow, I've received this for Christmas. And the little tagline says, Christmas morning, she'll be happier with a Hoover. As if your yeah. missus would be jumping up and down and going, Thank you for getting me this big red Hoover. Now, are you confident these are real? Not... Uh not photoshopped because I'm reading this thing here for a better life better start in life start cola earlier how soon is too soon not soon enough laboratory tests over the last few years have proven that babies who start drinking soda during that early formative period have a much higher chance of gaining acceptance and fitting in during those <laughs> awkward preteen and teen years so do yourself a favor do your child a favor start them on a it's like really small a something of something and other sugary carbonated beverages right now for a lifetime of guaranteed happiness. Yeah. I don't care if these are photoshops. I like a little bit of work going into doctoring and changing it around yeah. a little bit. It might be I, real. Yeah. I'm not very impressed with the adverts where they just change one word. But yeah. th- there is another one. Uh, free for chubbies. Free uh, fall and winter fashion book. Full of charming chubby sized clothes. Girls sizes 8.5, 10.5, 12.5 and 14.5. <laughs> it says it pictures the newest dresses, coats, suits, sweaters, under things, skirts, 
blouses for girls and teens too chubby to fit into regular sizes. <laughs> oh, Are you I an think... and a half? Well, then we've got the clothes for you. Yeah. The rest all seem totally reasonable. Like it's a little sexist or overly comfortable with smoking or guns or, you know, cocaine used to be sold. You know, 1885. Yeah. yeah. that's I could see that, but... And they might all be real. Yeah, I like a little bit of a giggle like that. Very cool. So there we go. <laughs> okay, what have we got next on the agenda? Uh, speaking of Facebook, did you, we had talked in episode 100 about movies with taglines. Did you see the movie about the Nazis from space? Or the the advert I put up there? Yeah, where did I... I, I saw that. I, it was also on the Black Dog Podcast Facebook page as well. And I saw it on there as well. I am. I do not think it was be... on our ball first, by the way. That's I, okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not fighting with them. <laughs> I'm just. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be going seeing that movie. No way. It looks bobbins. It's just kind of okay. So Nazis are a good thing to put into a movie. The moon is a good thing to you put You didn't like seeing the movie. school on the moon? Where do we live? We live on the moon. <laughs> like, in their little nah. German accents. It, it was kind of cool, but it's just a, a setup for something that's not going to really be good, is it? Awesome. I think it's going to be awesome. It for a B-movie. the idea that when the Nazis were defeated uh, at the end of World War Two, they all moved to the moon. We could feed mm. the audio right in, if you'd like. We can get the whole story. Only moments ago, New York has come under attack. Witnesses claim to have seen hundreds of UFOs. It's opening fire! see that being so bad that it's good. Yeah. I think I mean, it is going to be so bad it is good and then bad and then back to good again. Y'all must be tripping. 
you know, it's got the Sarah Palin wannabe. It's got the Samuel L. Jackson wannabe. And how close? Oh, is that yeah. who she's supposed to be? Yeah. Sarah Palin. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The physics of the special effects, you know, that made it seem almost like a fan film to me. Like the spaceship out in space and then rapidly it transforms, pulls out guns and, you know, I would have preferred that to be a little bit slower. <laughs> yeah. Not look so cartoony. And, and there's another one or two spots, too, where it's like, ah, uh, you know, you had... There's some parts of it look pretty decent special effects, and then other parts are like, whoa, you just just a little bit more of a... of a second chance on that would be good. Yeah, it, it does look a bit of a giggle, I suppose. I just... I'm not going to waste my money going to the... um. The cinema to watch It's a that. must Netflix, though, or or watch on demand. I mean, we come from the dark side of the moon, and we come in peace. I love that. It's kind of creepy. It's a bunch of, like, 12-year-old German school children. Are they German if they're on the moon? No, Are they they're German. Moonanian. I, I don't know. Moonanian, I'm going with. <laughs> Moonanians? <laughs> The oppressed Moonanians. I like the tagline, though, which, you know, the battle for Earth is going to get Nazi. Oh, God. Cheesy. That's what it's all about. Yep. I had also put on the Facebook wall a thing about the death and return of Superman. It was uh, Max Landis, who I think he made um, Chronicle, which I think looks like a, a real good movie. I didn't get to see it in the theater. I can't wait to see it, though, on demand. Oh, but, is that the one, the one with the kids with the superpowers? And yeah, found, it seems to be what I thought Hancock was going to be. Kind of more like reluctant superhero. You know, people who didn't ask for powers and how real life you would deal with. You, know, you might be lifting up people's skirts. You might be <laughs> using your x-ray vision in the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to see that, actually. Yeah, but he did a, a pretty interesting and fairly accurate uh, commentary on the death of Superman in the comic books. I thought it was it was good. Mm-hmm. That's on the Facebook page as well. If you've read it, I think you'll really appreciate the uh, his thoughts on it. Okay. Right, should we move on to a um, throwing stuff into Room 101 since sure. it, this is Episode 101? Sure, sounds um, good. Yeah, it's basically just a, I, I have a go, you have a go, I have a go, and then just see what we can chuck into Room 101 and decide... To discard forever. Sounds good. Right, okay. Top of my list that I'd like to remove from this planet is people that don't shut my front gate. <laughs> we have a, a... I built a new gate at the very front of our boundaries. I put it up last year. When we moved in five years ago, the gate wasn't working and it remained not working until I put this new one up. And every now and again, someone will walk up and just leave the gate open. Or they knock on the door and just casually walk past the gate and just leave the gate open. Doesn't matter. It's only a gate. Let's not close it. (laughs) It's not like it wasn't closed when I came here. And they just leave it open. So I'd like to discard all the people that leave my poxy gate open. That's fine with me. (laughs) Oh, it just, just tiny little things like that. Just, it, it kind of bugs me, 
and then I think about it, and that that's when it starts bugging me even more. Well, I'd like to throw in there all the people who latch on to a cause or cr- create a cause out of nothing, like, um, and and they don't. There's no sincerity in it because they don't show that same regard for the parts of their own life. It's, oh, you know, the this celebrity's daughter is going through rehab. Oh, that's awful. We should all fundraise for her and do this and that. And hey, isn't your aunt in rehab as well? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to my aunt in weeks, but oh, <laughs> you know, like we had had a very very sad situation here where. Um, one of my son's friends had uh, his little brother had a brain tumor. It was inoperable, and and the boy passed away just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And and in that, there's a big outpouring of support, and and he's got six thousand fans on Facebook and all that stuff. And and it's truly an awful situation, and and I'm everyone feels bad for that family. But I don't know, you know. I certainly didn't express any more grief about that than I did about the passing of members of my own family. But I mean, some people are just amazed. Like, when when are you feeding your kids? You're constantly on Facebook, vicariously mm-hmm. involved in this this little boy's life, and and they're not local or, or they're just they'll leave. I've never met I've never met Christian, but he's touched me and so. You know, Okay, a handful of those might genuinely be that way, but there some people, and and that might be an extreme because it's a little boy, but oh, you know this cause, I, this cause moves me. I have to the plight of the the dolphins in the cove. I I I'm gonna go on a hunger strike. Really, for that you're gonna do that. Your your kids' schools don't have enough funding, and <laughs> you know you yeah. you can't. I just. Especially with Facebook and and I see with my son just and daughter how much they get like solicited to be a part. Oh, uh, our class is going to sponsor this project. Really? Why aren't we just doing something local? Why are we worrying about you know this other thing in this other country? That's that's no different than what's here. It just happens to be not here. Yeah, people tend to like the attention that they get when they're talking about someone else's plight as well, don't yes. they? Yes, yes. And it just, so often it lacks sincerity, and that's the part that that bothers me. I mean, if if you are real into that and, and throw yourself wholeheartedly into things, that's great. But I kind of expect it to be across the board, not, oh no, you know, they're, they're going to shut down um, the preschool in Kansas the victims of that we have to take care of like really like do you even know anybody who lives there or you yeah. know you didn't really care when they closed the thing down the street we we had a a very similar thing when when i was around about 17 yeah it must be about 17 one of my friends died in a, a car crash and it was a very sad thing that we was at college and everyone got together and then there was friends of friends from his side of you know, where he was going out and had friends. And then we had our friends who were friends with us and kind of knew the people in the car. Just on a um, a glance in. They, they'd met them once or twice before. Mm-hmm. And yet, woe is me, they're outside wailing and bawling and 
you know, there's people a lot closer thinking, why are you doing that? You don't know the guy. What's going on? And that person's getting so much attention. Oh, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Calm yourself. I understand people have uh, different ways of dealing with th- this sort of stress yeah. and emotion. And, and that's a big part of it because generally I'm not as demonstrative at all. And, and I don't really mind so much that if I'm not viewed as being affected as much as other people are. But I know mm. there are people who are genuinely passionate about things who handle it with a certain element of moderation. Yes, you definitely. Know? And I, I feel I feel bad for them. I, I sit there and go like, really? Like, you're so loud and obnoxious and drawing so much attention to this thing you did. Well, this guy over here did 20 times as much and isn't asking for anyone to even blink an eye at him. Mm. You're taken away from where the the resources should go and the attention and you're just louder. You're not yeah. right. This is good therapy actually, yes. isn't it? It is a real this, pet peeve of mine. This is very good. I like this. We should do this more often. <laughs> okay, Every day right, is one on one. Next on my list. Um taking up two parking bays. See mine are very unserious compared to yours. Well that's my first <laughs> one, that's all. Uh yeah, taking up two parking bays. Now it it bugs me when uh People sometimes blatantly take up two parking bays. In other words, they park their very expensive car across two parking bays, blatantly saying, I'm having these two parking bays. You should not be parking here. I don't care. I'm parking here. But then you have the crafty people that park their car on the line just so you can't squeeze next. It's kind of, oh, oh, did I park there? Oh, sorry, I didn't realise I wasn't in the lines, but I'm going to take two parking spaces anyway. And you can so blame you it on, or they can blame it on the person who was there before. Oh, yeah. you know, they they shifted me over. You just can't see that now. Exactly, yeah. Or you come down my road, and at the bottom of my road, there's room for three cars. You can put, put my van there, my car there, or whoever wants to park there, and you can fit three cars easy. And there's this guy with a tiny tiny little micro and it's only got two doors on it and he parks it and somehow he managed to take up two of them spaces with the tiniest car in the world and so then I'm forced to park up further up or someone else is forced to park further up and then I have to park further upper than that (laughs) and you just think just park up to the line you're fine, we're not going to touch your car, you've got loads of room, you can drive off, no worries whatsoever, and then we can all live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I think this comes from living in London where space is at a premium and you really do have to butt up to the next car, park in your space, and then there's no qualms about it. And around here it seems, no, no, I'm going to park here, it's fine, doesn't matter, I'm not worried about anyone else. And you just think, God sake... So I'd like to put that man in that room, if you don't mind. That's fine. We'll we'll put with him along the same lines. The person who doesn't want to sully their own space and instead encroaches into someone else's. So, like mm. for example, uh, the guy across the street from me parks his car in front of my house instead of on his side of the street in front of his house. And it's not oh. that I have a need for that space, but why? 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 Why does he get the extra buffer, 
Go put your car. I mean, there's plenty of room for it. Go put your car over there. Yeah. And it's, ugh, it it does eat at me because it's not. Is it in my way? No. But I I shouldn't I. Ugh, it's my space. <laughs> I shouldn't have to use it or lose it. That's the part I don't like. That. You know, well, you're not using it. Well, like if you needed the extra space, that'd be one thing. But I, it makes me feel territorial, and I'll, I will like leave a bike kind of over in the vicinity or walk out and do that. You know, just be careful when you drive out that you don't hit the car. You know, <laughs> passive aggressive <laughs> things because I'm just so disappointed he's there. It it's tiny little things like that that build up into big situations. Yes. Where where we lived in London, we had like I said a road that would be buffer to buffer uh, bumper to bumper cars. And during the day when everyone went to work, all the cars were clear. And at the very end, uh this family had the mother of the family uh mother of one of the 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 people that lived in the house turn up to look after the the grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so instead of parking outside their house, oh no no, she wouldn't park outside their house because that's where they park. And she wouldn't park outside the neighbor's house, good. Oh no no no, because that's where the neighbors park. So oh, I know. Where should we park? I know, outside Elton's house. And not in a a, a correct position where oh, maybe we can put two cars there or oh there's a car been there all night. Let's bump up to that. No, I'll take a car and a half space. <laughs> And you just, come on, you do this every day, really? Why do you have to park outside my house? And it was it was kind of the nerve of parking outside my house, you'd look at her, and then you'd see her walk all the way up the end of the road and into the house. And you think, why? Why do that? You're just doing that to annoy me, aren't you? You really are just doing that to annoy me. So, yeah, I'd like to put her in the room <laughs> as well. Yeah. God damn it, bloody... I, just other people... We just put other people in the, yes, in the room. Yes, all other people. Well, not all other people. Most other people. Most other people <laughs> that don't live our way. Okay. Um, next on the list. Uh, do you have... Does it bug you when people use ATM machines and they don't get the card out until they get to the ATM machine? Uh, I, I'll say generally people who aren't prepared when they have had ample time to get ready and it drag, exactly, drags yeah. the process down mm. or people who use two cards they get money out on one card put it out away and then money out on another card you, you think oh okay they're going to finish I'll get my card out I'm ready to go and they whip out another card and you think oh, okay I'm in kind of a rush but okay let's let it slide and it happens again and again and again well, with that is the person who, uh, I, they have to know there's a line behind, but they just feel no need to rush and will go out of the way to be extra chatty or ask that unnecessary question. I mean, sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes you're, it's just unfortunate that you need the help of a person behind the register or something and, and you can't can't just move right along. You need someone to intervene and, and help you. But mm. sometimes people are there and they Oh, what what are those back there? Like, oh, come on, lady, you know. Or the the worst to me is when someone just sits and chit chats, like totally unrelated. Like, oh, are you working today? Where's Sheila? Oh, she's doing. 
excuse me, like we're all here. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you have to be doing it on purpose. You can't step to the side and let her work. I mean, I know when I was younger and I was working, it was uh, you. You always worried your friends would come and see you, and you'd get in trouble for talking on the job. That seems to no longer be an issue. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. But yeah, even in that sort of situation, if someone's used a a machine or even like a a parking machine where you have to put your ticket in, pay for the money, and they're in their own little world, talking away, talking about nappies, talking about what's going to be on the TV tonight, talking about their sister having an affair and stuff like that. And you you just stood there, okay, come on, guys, I'm here. Yeah. No, come on, I'm I'm really here. And you have to do the blatant big off or you drop your keys. And then you get the exasperated eye roll. Well, I'll let you go because, yeah, yeah I know. Like, like you did something wrong. God damn it. Alright, this is getting dangerously, like, making me seem like a crotchety old man, so. No, it's fine. I'm a crotchety old man as well. <laughs> maybe we maybe we should have, like, a grumpy half hour or something like that. Yes. I don't know. Uh, have we got any more? Uh, no, I think I'll I'll let, let other sleeping dogs lie for a while. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stick one more out there, if you go don't ahead. mind. No, go ahead. Now, we, we've spoken about... Uh, uh, speeding tickets and stuff like that in previous days uh, or previous episodes gone by and I haven't had one recently so this is nothing to do with me getting one or anything like that but I have seen sneaky policemen and there's sneaky well it's not even policemen it's more um, companies employed by councils to go out and do the speed checks and to get people fines and all the vans are differently marked, so you, so you never drive around a corner and go, ah, oh, there's a marked van, I have to watch out. And so you, you don't really get used to that sort of vision. And sometimes, around here, you have like a white van, they'll be doing the speed checks, and they'll have their little yellow camera. And the cameras they use have to be yellow and have to be seen from a certain distance, so you know that that's there. But what they do... They'll park up in a lay-by and just shift the camera just in front, just in front of their van. So you just can't see it. And then you go past it and you get done. And it's that under underhanded tactic where really they should be preventing people speeding instead of just trying to take money off people and, oh, it's all right, I don't care if, he's, if he was speeding, we're going to get the money for that. But it doesn't make you slow down in that vicinity, and it doesn't make you check until you get the the letter through saying that you have already sped and you have been caught. Mm-hmm. And that kind of bugs me. Why not play fair? Say, look, I'm here. If you want to pass me, then pay me the money. But <laughs> otherwise, please slow down. Mm-hmm. And I. I think that's the way it should be played, but it, it doesn't seem to be played like that. So they can get in that room, and I'm locking the door. Because I've had enough. Until the next time. And Yeah, until the next time we break out this door, and then throw a load more stuff in there. <sighs> well, we need a moral for today's episode. Can you see anything <laughs> in there? There's quite a bit of... Uh, don't be one of them people. You sound <laughs> exhausted now. I am exhausted. I've just... I realized I'm a bad, bad person. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to remember what we had. It's going to get Nazi? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind going with There's that. There's no eye in urinal? <laughs> There's... <laughs> there is an eye in urinal, actually. There is, yeah. Uh, where were them? Well, that could be the moral. There is an eye in urinal. Or give the big man his space. Yeah, give the big man his space. That's the moral. That's what we learned yeah. when there's a big man at the urinal. Give him his space. Yes. Don't brush up against him or anything. Stay well <laughs> clear. What, what did it say? I forget what it was like. Uh, don't make get out of there as fast as you can or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's something like you, you don't really want to pair up with that big yeah. guy there. Just get in, do your business, and get out as fast as you can. Good man. <laughs> okay, uh, let's wrap it up there. Um, okay. I'm Elton McManus on Twitter. The the wonderful American on the other end of this uh, telephone call is Scott Copperman. He's SHC1970 on Twitter. Always lurking. Uh, we have uh, a website, which is bombastpodcast.podbean.com. We have all the show notes there, so you can go to all the links and all the news stories and all the, the other little bits that we throw at you during these episodes. Um, there's loads of stuff up there now. That obviously, there's 101 episodes now. Yep. Wow. All still available. Yep. Uh, yeah, so there's there's loads of good stuff up there. Uh, what else do we have? We have Rogue 2. Rogue 2 is a podcasting network. It has lots of uh, episodes of other people's podcasts. So please go do check that. Yep. And is there anything you need to plug? Or nope, anything nope. else that we've missed? Nope. I think we're good. Make sure you visit our Facebook page if you're on Facebook. You can see uh, some of the things we're talking about. Some of the things that might or might not make the show. You can interact with us there. And uh, I guess that's about it for now. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, thank you very much, guys, for listening. Um, yep. Please do check out all the other episodes and uh, send us an email if you went, uh, wish to, which is at bombastpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And, uh, yes, that would do us nicely, I think. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you guys in about a week or two. Thanks a lot, guys. See you all later. Right. Bye. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.